0: Brother Joe, we're excited for you, brother. Come on up here. Let's give him a big CFSC welcome. Amen. We're in the office talking about the return of our Lord. Things are getting as crazy as can be out there. Church family, if you don't think it's going to happen you're going to be surprised one day. Amen. Amen. Brother, come on up and bless us. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Bless you. Yeah. Amen. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Good to see you this morning. Great to be with you. Man, what a beautiful place you have. Come to the top of this mountain when I was pulling up the road there. I thought, of course, that's the church right there. Uh, It's it's excellent in all the additions you've done over the years and uh, just hearing your history. And I like how normal your pastors are. Uh, Normal is so fun. When I when I got here, that's immediately what I first recognized, you know, is uh, just good people, praise the Lord, amen. amen. And how you treat them is how you treat the Lord, amen. amen. That went over real good anyway. How you, tre- <laughs> how you treat your pastors is how you treat the Lord. Amen. So uh, I know you're blessed, you're blessed. Look, look what the Lord has done. Uh, I love that you're full and you've got this slope floor, what a cool building. And uh, it's it's just uh, good to be doing the will of God and gathering as much as we can. He said, "Forsake not assembling yourselves together, as some would do, especially as you see the day approaching." And that's what we'll get into today: is how can we tell how close we are? Because uh, the Bible is so got so many scriptures being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. It's is the most exciting, the wildest time ever for the church. I mean, for the world, it's a scary time, but for the church, it's the greatest time ever. Amen. I mean, there's, there is no bad news for the church. It is sad that end time preaching got such a bad rap that people were afraid to come hear about it. I have pastors that said, I didn't want to invite you to come, but I knew I was supposed to. And after they heard the messages, they were like, well, I'm actually happy. I'm like, isn't that sad that people would be sad about the Lord coming back? How weird is that? Well, you know, I grew up in, in 1970. My mom took me to a church in Shreveport, Louisiana. I heard Kenneth Hagan. And right about from 70 through 74... We went to church every night. I thought my mom had lost her mind. I'm like, Mom, church every night? This is crazy. Well, uh, and boy, especially back then, all the messages on the rapture, you know, she goes, to the rap- my mom would go, the rapture's going to happen tonight. I go, really? Uh, so I went to bed every night. Lord, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to miss the rapture. So you you can either be haughty and go, I don't believe that, or go, uh, Lord, if, if you're coming tonight, I'm in. Let's go. So the the fun thing about how blatant the Lord made it with all the verses is so that we can be in position. We can make changes. And the number one thing he wants out of us hearing about how close we are to his return is he wants great joy in you. Great joy will produce great strength. And when you see the finish line, you accelerate. I've never seen a runner practice and train and train and train and train. Come to the race, they see the finish line, I think I'll chill now. No. You don't chill. I mean, all that work is for right there. So as we see things today that show us how close we are to the finish line, our response is it's not an escape theology it's a hustle theology i have friends who go well joe why do you need to preach on the coming of the lord i said well tell a quarterback not to look at the play clock at the end of the game yeah. oh it freaks me out if the quarterback's not paying attention to the play clock i'm screaming at the tv like look at the play clock you have no time left wouldn't it be weird if the quarterback goes doo, 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 doo. no <laughs> it, it, things are more crucial you can drop the ball at the beginning of the game but at the end of the game the plays are more crucial so all it is is an intensity so let the end-time message bring a thought pattern of, I've got to hustle, I've got to do what I'm called to do, and great joy comes with the fulfillment of doing what God's called you to do. Amen. You're never more fulfilled than, than, than doing what He wants you to do. So I know you have great uh, increase coming, uh, great revelation coming, and so that, that, in, and that entails to us is to, to go for it. And I, I'll give you a little bit of background about me, and then I'll shut up here. We'll get preaching. So I, I have a wonderful wife, a beautiful daughter, and son-in-law. I have two grandkids. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to Bible school 42 years ago. I can't believe that. I was three. So, but anyway, I made it. <laughs> they had a season for toddlers. But anyway, but grab your Bibles, and uh, you just turn wherever you think y'all turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, maybe go to uh, Matthew 24 for a moment. We'll start here. We have so many places we could start, but we'll go there first, and then we'll go a little bit more. I had one preacher say, Joe, if you preach on the coming of the Lord, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. I was like, yeah, that's right. It's the hope that purifies us even as we're pure. I mean, that's just a weird thought pattern. i mean, like, we, we, there's such a blessing about knowing we're about to see him. To go from faith to sight. I don't even know if there's anything that could get us ready to go from faith to sight. We worship him, we honor him, we magnify him. Our lives re- revolve around giving him glory and honor and praise. And all of a sudden, we're gonna be at the throne of God. Come on, that, that he could die for us. Uh, we're, we're happy this morning. You're happy this morning. We're appreciative because he gave his life for us. Yes. Amen. You know, and, and I'll, I'll talk about this for a minute. The, the goodness of God... Yeah, I used to preach on miracles for so many years, how to, to get the believer to have power flow through them, not just to them. And then probably the last 25 years or so, end times. And uh, I've seen more miracles preaching on end times than I had preaching on miracles. Isn't that crazy? Not even, and people baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, I was preaching in South Carolina. I had a word of knowledge that a guy ex, did a super extension of his back and I said, there's somebody here, you have damage up inside of your nose, like your nose got severed. This man came down at the end of the service. I didn't call people down because I'm in a hurry because I'm preaching on end times. I just said, you're healed. He came down at the end and said, hey, can I say something? And he goes, I hyperextended in my back, I'm healed. And my wife wasn't here, she had brain surgery, and they went up into her nose to get to the base of her brain, severed the inside of that vessel, the inside of her nose, and she couldn't breathe. She said, when you call that out, she said, it got healed. She texted him, said, my wife's not even here, and she just got healed. God said, so cool you don't even have to be there yeah. amen how wild is that yeah. i mean not, not even in the building get healed i was in hartford connecticut matt Nolette's church i had a word of knowledge that a guy was in a car wreck i said you can't you can't hardly move your neck i said you're healed this guy came up to me after the service probably 25 or 30 he goes hey hey what do i do with this what do i do this i said what are you talking about he goes i got healed the service this morning I, I couldn't move my neck i said well just enjoy it well <laughs> You know, it totally shocked him. His girlfriend came up to me afterwards, right after we were talking. She said, you don't understand about my boyfriend the whole time you were preaching. He said about me, he's a con man. He's a con man. So he, he doesn't like the preacher, doesn't like the message, and gets healed. I could, give you, I could give you story after story after story of the Lord reaching out to bless people and show him his goodness. Amen. He loves you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to bless you. He's not mad at you this morning. He lo- it's so extreme that he hammers me going, tell him how much I love him. Tell him how much I love him. He loves you. It's extreme how much he loves you, that he would give his life for you. So let's pray, we'll get right into the word. Father, thank you uh, for what you have for us in these last days. We're so amazed at your kindness and your mercy, that you would give your life for us. Jesus, we magnify you. We honor you. We lift you up. We, we see you this morning, hi and lifted up with your train filling the temple. We, we see you as God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, help us understand how close we are to your return so that we would uh, literally do exactly what we're called to do as a church and as individuals. We thank you for great grace to accelerate, great grace to pick up the pace, to do the will of God, to see souls swept into the kingdom right here before we leave. Lord, we thank you for it. We give you glory, give you honor and praise. In Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen. Go there to Matthew 24. Now, Matthew 24 is a second coming chapter. It's not a rapture chapter. But watch where Jesus will give us a little bit of a thought pattern of what the climate will be and kind of what to focus on here for a minute. Because remember, he's talking to Jewish boys here that are not born again yet. So he's going to tell them things that are going to happen before the second coming, really not before the rapture. So you have to kind of put all that together. So go here to Matthew 24. Look at verse 1. You've, You've heard it many times. He says here, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came to him to Show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said, "See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down." And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, this is cool because this is the Lord's address forever. I mean, when you're looking up, it's, it's ominous to see that temple mount and think that's where Jesus is going to reign for eternity, right there. So he says, he sat upon the Mount of Olives. Disciples came to him privately, to say, "When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming?" And at the end of the world, now the world 's never coming to an end. really the Greek there says the end of the age, so he, he didn 't get mad at him. He said, "Hey, take heed that no man deceive you, many'll come in my name saying i 'm Christ and shall deceive many you 'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you 're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation arise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, we, the, if you want to mark in your Bible in verse 9 to verse 22, it's what we call the tribulation period. He basically said this would be the sign before his second coming, is seven years of tribulation. But he's kind of showing you something you can focus on. He wants to get our focus correct, okay? He said, said, these are the beginning of sorrows. We don't use that word. That's the word birth pains. We use the word contractions. He's saying here there are going to be some things coming on the earth that you can't ignore. How many of you ladies, when you went into labor, did you go, I think I'll go play golf today? (laughs) No, the contractions got so bad that they took over and you go, i got to get to the hospital. He's saying here some things are going to be on the earth that you really can't ignore. But how many of you ladies, after the baby was born, did you go, those were the coolest contractions I've ever had? No. You don't talk about the contractions, you're excited about the baby. So Jesus is trying to get us to focus on the kingdoms about to come. So just before the the second coming of the Lord, you got seven years of tribulation, and we get out of here before that, before the tribulation. So think how much more. If you can see all the symptoms of the tribulation right now, think how close you are to the rapture of the church. I mean, the, the Ezekiel 38 war happens right after we leave. You've got the players for that on the field getting ready to kick the ball. I mean a football game they're out practicing warming up you know you got a little bit of time but when they line up on the 35 you go hey the game's about to start you got the players for who's going to invade israel literally in position right now russia and the ukraine russia and crimea iran sending russia armament missiles and drones and turkey doing the same thing so those are the three main players that are going to come against israel after we leave and the bible says that 82 percent of russia is wiped out here, God's going to intervene for Israel. It's, it's amazing. Everything is set up so that Jesus can present himself to his brethren just like Joseph did. It's absolutely flawless. So how cool. We just know that it's going to be an interesting time right before we leave, and we're in that right now, but that's all right. Greater is he that's in you than he's in this world. Come on, whosoever is born of God over, overcomes the world. So you're not a victim, you're a victor. Come on, you have dominion, you have authority. Come on. Yeah. So we're a different kind of church. Daniel saw you. He saw what the, you'd look like. He said, this is what he, he saw was you, that you would know your God, you would be strong, and you would do exploits. Yeah. Don't you like that? What other generation has the Lord talked about knowing their God? Oh, come on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew their God. They got thrown into a fiery furnace, and, and no big deal, because they knew their God. Yeah. Well, you're just like that. Amen. Yeah. Overcoming. So let's go look at this. Let's look at a little more. Buzz back to uh, Isaiah, and this will show us why we get into this. So, Jesus, the verses talking about his first coming, for every one verse there is, there's eight times more about the second coming. Wow. Okay? Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. So it's the theme of the book. He came and died. God raised him from the dead. He's coming back. So watch uh, in Isaiah. He'll show us why we get into end time preaching. Okay. Look at Isaiah 46. I'm sorry. I didn't give you the chapter. Isaiah 46. Look at verse 9. Remember the former things of old, I'm God, there's none else, I'm God, there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So he, here he basically says, this is how you can tell I'm God, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Right. Now, that's amazing, because no other, no other religion can do that. You can talk to a Muslim, you can talk to a Buddhist, their book doesn't give you future, this is the only one that gives you future. It's flawless. Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel be made a nation Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come you can't argue with that it shows you how flawless he is so listen to this listen to the first ten names of the Bible and look how cool God is because he's been there done that made the t-shirt all right. so look, look at the first one this is a lot of info so just run with me mentally for a second and then we'll get into the signs of his return Adam means man Seth means appointed Enos means mortal Canaan means sorrow. Mahelial means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. And Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Gives you the entire plan of redemption with the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. He's God. Absolutely amazing. So, so we can trust him. His word is trustworthy. So when, it, when the Bible gives you verse after verse after verse, how close you are to the coming of the Lord, you can mark it down, you're close to the coming of the Lord. Because verses are happening right in front of our eyes. Never has there been a generation where you can literally call things out and go, okay, God said that and it came to pass while I was alive. Pretty crazy. So let's go over to Luke and let's, let's prove it out. Look at Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, Jesus will give us some insight here that's completely flawless of how clear it is about how close we are to his return. He's gonna make it super, super easy. Now, the whole thing is about, really, how many of you were excited the night before you got married? Should have been a lot more hands, but anyway. I mean, I mean, the night before you got married, it's pretty exciting. You know, you're like, wow, I'm getting married tomorrow, so wouldn't it be weird to be freaked out the night before you're married? No, you're excited. And that's like with the coming of the Lord. When Colleen and I got married, she's standing over there, she's walking down the aisle. It would have been kind of weird. I'm standing there waiting for her to come down the aisle. And all of a sudden, as she comes down the aisle, she's uh, <laughs> bowed over, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm about ready to marry that guy. Another one bites the dust. Now, that would be kind of weird to hear her saying, another one bites the dust as she's walking toward me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of the church, not excited about the coming of the Lord. I mean, we should be so expectant, so excited that the greatest change for our life is about to happen. Just as we, uh, our, our bodies have borne the image of the earthy, we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. Come on, we're going to be changed. Your glorified body, you'll never be tired again and never gain weight again. Come on, you can get excited about that. Come on. I'll come preach to you, buddy. Come on. Think about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So look at Luke, and let's watch Jesus unveil this to us really good and really easy to get. Look at Luke chapter 21. Look over at verse 24. The Lord's going to give us a couple of keys we can look at to see how close we are to his return. So Luke 21, verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. Jerusalem shall be trodden down to the Gentiles or the nations, until the times of the nations of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, that's a lot said right there. He said, "Okay, when you see the Jews get Jerusalem back, times up." When did that happen? 1967, the Six Day War. Remember Iraq, uh, Iran, Egypt, Syria—all these nations were coming against Israel to annihilate Israel, and Israel won that war. I mean, how amazing! I remember one of the stories, there's many stories, but one of the ones, my favorite, 88 Egyptian tanks barreling down on Israel. One Israeli cook doesn't even know how to fire shells, climbs in a tank, figures out how to load the shells in the tank, starts firing shells at those 88 Egyptian tanks. Okay, this is 88 against one Israeli tank with a cook in there that doesn't even know how to fire shells. Okay, all night he's firing. Next thing you know, the Egyptian commander comes out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest ranking officer. And that Egyptian, uh, that uh, Israeli cook goes, highest-ranking officer, it's just me. He goes, oh, no, it's not just you. The whole night the countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night. We can't take it anymore. It's it's called a miracle. Well, Jerusalem was won back in 67. So Jesus is so nice. he, He didn't say, okay, there's a guy named Earl in the middle of Nebraska. When Earl gets saved, you'll know I'm coming. No. He let us see a whole city was won back, and we could tell we're close. Now, watch him get even clearer, okay? Look at verse 29. Verse 29, he spake to them a parable. Now, what's a parable? It's to make what he had just said get clearer. So here, this verse 29, he said, Look at Israel, or the fig tree, and all the trees, the prophetic nations around Israel. When they now shoot forth their bud, you see and know of your own selves, that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. He said, We really don't even have to be told this. We can see of our own selves Uh, That spring's coming. When the trees begin to bud, I live in Tulsa, and man, the grass is brown, the trees are brown. But man, come April next year, all of a sudden the trees will turn, the grass will turn. Nobody has to tell you summer's coming. The trees are preaching to you. Here, Jesus said, you could see this and you could know this. And watch what he says in verse 31. Likewise, just as bold as you are about the grass turning, when you see these things, what things? Israel made a nation in 1948 and Jerusalem won back in 1967. When you see these things come to pass, no. Circle the word, no. He's telling us these things so that we can know this. Not wonder, not sense, not perceive. When you tell people you can know when the Lord's coming back... It freaks them out. Jesus said here, when you see these things, you could see it and you could know it. Pretty radical. So look at the next verse there, same one, verse 31. No, watch this, that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand, or close. It's good to know it's close, but here's something even better. Look at the next verse. Barely I say unto you, this generation, what generation? The one that sees Israel made a nation, and Jerusalem one back. That generation will not be fulfilled, look at this, will not pass away till all is fulfilled. So he said, okay, that group of people won't pass away until all's fulfilled. So whether we like it or not, tag, you're it. I mean, I've heard people go, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter. I've heard people say, I'm not comfortable with that. It still doesn't matter. We're, we're so privileged to be on the earth when God is doing these things and are about to come back. And the two main things that we've seen that he did was he regathered Israel. Hitler killed six million Jews. Think about it, right before Israel's made a nation satan thought if i can just stop the word of god from coming to pass but he couldn't stop it from coming to pass god brought back jews from all over the world regathered in our lifetime and the fig tree budded wow and here then we had jerusalem one back so you got you got all this happening at one time and it's it's us you think of jerusalem the bible says jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations Think of how Jerusalem is. If you, if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything revolves around that piece of real estate. Yeah. The devil is so dumb, stupid, moron, whatever you want to call him, uh, you can go to the old city of Jerusalem and, and there's a mosque put everywhere the Lord did something cool. Like, okay, there's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where Jesus was raised from the dead. There's a mosque over here. What happened? That's where Jesus was beaten. There's a mosque here. What happened? That's where the Mount of Ascension is. The devil thought he could cover up what the Lord did. All he did was give you a tour guide. <laughs> you go to the old city and go, something cool happened there. Something cool happened there. So, in, even on the Temple Mount, in Arabic, it says, there is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Why? There is a son of God. Oh, yeah. His name is oh, yeah. Jesus. Come on. Amen. Yeah. So we're about to see the king. Yes. So Jesus gave us two signs there. Israel regathered and Jerusalem went back. He said, that group won't pass away until all is fulfilled. Listen to the flawlessness of this. Just hang with me for a second because I want to get to the other signs. They're so cool. 1917 is a big year. There was even a movie about it last year, you know, World War I. But in 1917, Allenby, an Australian general, he flies into the land of Israel in a biplane. People had never seen that before. They passed out leaflets before he came in, said, Allenby, Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming. Well, they didn't know that that name Allenby in Arabic meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. So they dropped their weapons and didn't even fire a shot, gave the land to Israel. So in 1917, they get the land. Also in 1917, Kenneth Hagin was born. Think about this, how crazy is this? Same year he's born, the Lord appeared to his mother, told, him to, told her to name him John, said so that he would have a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming. Not everything, but a part. And how crazy is that? Yeah. So 50 years, watch this, 50 years later, one jubilee, Jerusalem's one back. Wow. Think about Brother Hagen's ministry. Uh, no fanfare, no flash, just sowing the word. Zero flash sowing the word. Pretty wild. The amazing thing is, you know, his mother told him to name him John. Guess what Hagin means in the Hebrew? One to go before to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. It's pretty radical. A friend of mine, uh, I go to Mark Rese Church in Tulsa, and this lady that's there as an evangelist, she died a few years ago. They defibulated her and got her back to life. She's in heaven talking to Jesus. She goes, "Oh, look, there's Kenneth Hagen." Jesus said, "You mean John?" So if your if your name's supposed to be John, it's supposed to be John. All right. But how cool, that ministry getting the message out. Not, not the only one, but, but one of many. Yeah. Not the only camp, but one of many. You can be on an airplane, you can talk to a, a different groups, different kind of uh, different you know, uh, denominations. Every single one of them talk about the coming of the Lord. I'm like, that's right, that's right, the Lord's coming back. It's apparent to every, anyone that's looking at what's going on uh, that Jesus is just about to come, so let's go through the signs. This is what's amazing. There's there's things we'll talk about, you know, for 50 years ago, and we'll talk about things from two weeks ago. So after this, you got to look at the Hebrew language res- was restored. 100 years ago, in in Israel, no one spoke Hebrew. No, couldn't find them speaking Canaanite, Amorite, Hittite. Can't find them speaking any of those. But guess what? God revived the language in our lifetime. 100 years ago, no one spoke it. Now everybody speaks it. Why? Because God said, just before the Messiah comes, this is what I'll do. So that's happened in our lifetime. The next main sign would be the Ethiopian Jews brought back. Israel flew C-130s in 1992 down into Ethiopia, airlifted 18,000 Ethiopians in one day. The only time ever a manifest on a plane said 180 passengers, and when they landed, they had 187. Seven babies were born on those planes. So it it was so big, CNN headline news, Chuck Roberts said, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Listen, when CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you better lift up your head. You're about to see Jesus, amen? (laughs) It's the truth, come on. So you got the language restored, you got the Ethiopian Jews back. All right, after that, you've got the fertility of the land of Israel. Mark Twain was there in the late 1800s. He said, the land is so desolate, it won't support life. Yet Israel produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. Wow. Wouldn't it be weird if every apple you ate, every banana you ate, is all from New Jersey? I mean, Israel's the size of New Jersey. Wouldn't that be weird? If New Jersey takes care of the whole country, you go, man, New Jersey's got some good land, doesn't it? The Israel's so blessed, you can go to the northern part of Israel, in the Golan Heights, no one has to tell you where Syria is. There's dirt. There's no grass. Israel, lush, dark green grass. I told the guy, Do you guys sprinkler this? Do you use Scott Super Turf Builder? He goes, What? To get my grass to look like their grass, I've got to sprinkler it. I've got to use Scott Super Turf Builder, and even got to talk to it. Come on, you can grow better, you can do better. Because <laughs> Scott Super Turf Builder, they detuned their fertilizer for the environment. It doesn't even hardly work anymore. God's word said, I'll bless the land. And it's blatantly obvious of the blessing of the Lord. Pretty radical. All right, after that, you got so much. You have the Temple Mount Institute. It's a group of of Jewish men. Last name's uh, Cohen, means priest. They've been getting ready for sacrifices. They have everything ready. Two weeks ago, they had five new red heifers come in. They got the worm that excretes the enzyme that's blood red, that after three days, it turns white. Though your sins be scarlet, they be white as snow. They got the uh, oil of anointing ready because they're ready for the Messiah. Why are they ready for the Messiah? Russia rebuilt the arch for Baal worship about six months ago in Palmyra. You know what Palmyra is? Where the Tower of Babel was. And the Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see before the Messiah comes. So they got everything ready. They're, they're in position, okay? So you got Russia, went into Crimea, went into Ukraine. Russia's in position. You got birds, 172 different species of predatory birds start showing up in the land. I'm watching the Animal Plant Channel a few years ago. And this ornithologist came on. The only reason I know what an ornithologist is, my brother was one. Went to college for nine years to study birds. Uh, <laughs> my dad said, what did you learn? He said, I learned how to play poker. <laughs> anyway, didn't put it to good use there, did he? But, so the ornithologist said, there's 172 different species of predatory birds showing up in the land. I'm like, what? Well how, could you, well, how could it need that? Well, right after the rapture, you have the Ezekiel 38 war. God calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later, at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air again. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. So you got, you got uh, Russia in position. you got the, the uh, Temple Mount Institute in position. you got birds in position. What's the church doing? Is it really the last days? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of... I mean, it's, you got all these groups in position ready. Ethiopian Jews brought back all these different things that God said he would do. You had the, the, the Dead Sea uh, had fish show up last year. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. When did it happen? Last year. Two months ago, the Dead Sea turned blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Guess what day it turned blood red? The Day of Atonement. Freaked me out. I'm like, oh, my God, Lord, you're just showing off now. <laughs> You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. You had the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water, first time in 2,000 years. So you got sign after sign after sign after sign to show you you're the generation he's about to come back in. There's about 70-some-odd signs. We just had the book just came out this year, and and, and my publisher, he's fact-checking everything. He goes, man, this really happened. I said, you think I'd make that up? I mean, there's like 75 signs about the coming of the Lord, and thought I'd just come up with some on my own. I'm not smart enough to come up with this, but it's just over the top. Jesus is just about to come back. So what do we do? We accelerate. What do we do? Uh, Pastor Tom says we're going to paint racing stripes over here. I'm going to fly in like Batman on a cable. I'm going to go. Let's do it, man. Come on. What? Whatever we needed. That's a joke. Obviously, we probably wouldn't do that. I'm up for it, but uh, it might scare people. But, I mean, just whatever we're supposed to do as a church, we're all in. We have that, we have that attitude. Lord, what do you want me to do? I, I, I'm enlisting right now before we're caught up, right before we're raptured. What do I need to do? How wonderful to have an opportunity to see the events happening that point to your, your escape, your evacuation. Yeah. Yeah. I told the Lord, I said, I hope your you're, you're, uh, uh, lux, lux capacitor is all ready. Uh, for this because there's a lot of people to change in one moment. Come on. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we shall be changed. The stain of Adam's going to be taken off of us. Come on. We're going to be caught up. Where does that sound? We're going to be raptured. Enoch was raptured. Elijah was raptured. Jesus was raptured. You're going to be raptured. Glory to God. How cool is that going to be? So the most exciting thing for us is our, our just ahead. So surely we can push on right now. Paul was beat up and put in prison. He said, this light affliction. <laughs> Called it light affliction. But for a moment works a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. Why? We look not at the things which are seen, but things that are not seen. Amen. Things that are seen are temporal. Come on. Okay, so we have all these. You have, you have more signs. Let's run through a few more. Nimble be lovers themselves. We have selfie sticks. I was in Los Angeles last week, flew back to Texas, and flew back to San Francisco. A guy had two selfie sticks like this, almost got hit by a car trying to take pictures of himself. I mean, have you ever heard of anything like that? What a weird generation. Remember, I call it the Seinfeld generation. I've talked enough about myself, now you talk about me. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. So, so the king's coming back. I mean, is your heart ready to see him as he is? I mean, how cool is this? This stuff is real. I mean, you got signs, 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 signs. I'm skipping some because there's so many of them. Uh, But how blessed are we to watch them all right in front of our eyes? I'll give you one from Rabbi Ixach Kaduri. He was a rabbi about 20 years ago, and Jesus appears to him. He gives his life to the Lord. But he said, Now, after I die, open up this letter because it would freak people out. So a year after he died, they opened the letter up. He said, I've learned that Jesus is the Messiah. He fulfilled all the feast, And then he prophesied, this was in 2015, he prophesied, uh, wrote it down in an envelope, that right before the Messiah comes, Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins. So last year, Israel's ruled by Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz. Pretty amazing. And he wrote that down in 2015. Happened last year. All right, how many of you have heard of Bishop Malachi? We'd say Malachi, from the year 1129 AD. Now, uh, the Catholic Church, I mean, this Catholic bishop, he had a vision of every pope's coat of arms that would be on the earth all the way up to the coming of the Lord. Now, the coat of arms was super detailed. Just like, you know, a crest for Ireland or England has their family history and all that kind of stuff. The pope's crests were, were they a praying pope, a naval pope, or a worshiping pope? Very detailed. He got the coat of arms right for 114 out of 114. In baseball, if you bat 3 out of 10, you make a pretty good living. This guy, this guy, this is on the History Channel. Now, listen, on the History Channel, you know what the History Channel said? It said, Only a God can predict that. That's, impo- that's impossible to do that. Only a God can do that. Amen. Well, the hundred, guess who the 114th Pope is? The one we have right now. Now, batting 114 out of 114, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. so, so the Lord's talking to us. This is it. All right, after the signs, what do you have? You have signals. I mean, you go, I mean, the signs told me where I flew into Newark last night. The signs told me where to go. But once I got into where I was going, I didn't need any more signs. I was in Newton, I believe it was, and I'm there. So there's traffic signals. And uh, uh, so we've got signals. What are they? Blood red moons. He had blood red moons a few years ago. Where, when? Passover tabernacles. Passover is when he died for us. Tabernacles is when he's going to come back and tabernacle with men. So the heavens are going, I died for you, coming back. Died for you, coming back kind of blatant all right nasa calls it a tetrad four in a row when's the last time you had four in a row on passover and tabernacles you ready for this 1967 when jerusalem was won back 1948 when israel's made a nation 1492 at the edict of expulsion when the jews were kicked out of spain and God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. Where'd Columbus go? Discovered America. What's America? Say harbor for the Jews. So you got blood red moons on some specific days for Israel. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's radical. It, it's, so, it's so amazing. The Bible says that the, the heavens, the planets, would be signals for us. It says signs in the Greek, and here, but in the Greek is signals. I mean, you think of this one, the Bethlehem star. This, we don't talk about this very much, but when Jesus was born... You had three planets come together. You ready for this? You had you had Jupiter, king planet. Regal, regal, king planet, Re- regal. Next thing was Venus, men from Mars, woman from Venus. You had regal do retrograde motion and crown Jupiter in its motion. Okay, how would you like to, uh, you know, the wise men came down 700 miles by camel. If my buddies, if we're going to go on a motorcycle ride, I'm going, okay, guys, when we get into town, you're going to see a light show like you've never seen before. And they'd go, buddy, it better be over the top if we're going to ride by camels for 700 miles. (laughs) They get to Bethlehem, and there's those three stars come together, Jupiter, Regulus, Venus. There you go. What was the constellation? Virgo, born of a virgin. This last year, NBC Nightly News said, we have a celestial event. we got Jupiter, Regulus, Venus, Bethlehem star. First time in 2,000 years. What was the constellation? Leo, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on! I mean, like two weeks ago you had Jupiter, the closest is going to come to the Earth in so many years. See, Jupiter's a king planet; the king is near. Yes. It's one thing after another. If you went through all of it, you go, "Oh my God, what's up?" The the Lord's about to come back. Amen. Yes. I mean, it's just kind of in our face. I mean, some people go, "Don't don't tell me the truth. I want to know the truth so I can accelerate. Yes. I don't want to get to heaven." People, what were you doing? I was just sitting around. I had no idea. Duh. No, <laughs> this is it. My daughter in high school, you know, she, she ran cross-country, and I used to train with her on my motorcycle. <laughs> I, I'd, be right, I'd be right there beside her, doing good, Lauren. We'd get back, she could run three to five miles, not even tired. So she would train, 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 why? For when she got in those cross-country events on the weekend, she wouldn't be exhausted. I, I got to go to almost every single one of them before I'd fly out of town. And I'd go to, the first, you know, go to the first mile marker, and I'm hanging out there waiting for her to come. She comes running up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? Lauren, you got two more miles, three more miles. Pace yourself. I'd cut across the field and get to the next mile marker. She'd come running up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got, you got about two more miles. Pace yourself. I'd get to the last mile marker. She'd see me. She wouldn't say a word to me. She'd see the finish line, and her, 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 her countenance changed. Her focus changed. Look, that finish line, what I'm, I'm here for, all of a sudden, she got a kick. I'm going, run, Lauren. Come! I'm screaming. So that kick is because you see the end. Yes. Come on, the church has got to get that mentality where we've been hearing all this word, what for? We have a job to do right before we leave. And then the rapture's not an ending, it's a beginning. Yes. You're going to be working like this for another thousand years, it's going to be awesome. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. I hear people go, I don't want the Lord to come back because i got so much in my heart. I go, well, it's because you're going to live forever the rapture is not an ending it's a beginning so with all of the signs let's let them preach to us let them scream at you I'm coming I'm coming I'm coming I mean I don't know what the protocol is to get ready to walk in to meet a king but we're about to be evacuated to where we're at the throne of God we have a sea of glass clear as crystal crystal is the only element that can't hide a flaw we're going to be flawless before the throne of God amazing We'll see that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Wow. Right there, and we'll be with him. I wonder, I mean, how can we express our love and our gratitude for him so much because he died for us? So cool, so cool. So let's make changes. Make alterations. I mean, if you thought he was coming tomorrow, you'd live a lot sweeter tonight, wouldn't you? Can you imagine, can you imagine what we you doing the night before the rest? I was a jerk. Hey, what are you doing? No, let's be sweet. Let's be kind. And remember, all of this information is because of the number one thing. What is it? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Not mad at you. Not frustrated with you. He loves you. He wants you excited to see him. Yes. Amen. Let's bow our heads before we go. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. We're amazed at your love and your mercy and your kindness. We thank you for this season when, when all of these things are being fulfilled right before our eyes, sign after sign, nation after nation, getting in position. So, Lord, we, we bow our heads in adoration and honor you and bless you and glorify you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for dying for us. Hey, real quick here before we dismiss, maybe you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've heard about this church and you've heard about Pastor Tom's preaching. Maybe you're a visitor. Please come back and hear Pastor Tom. Don't judge the church on a traveling guy. But if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, What a cool time to get saved just before the rapture of the church. If you're here and you've never done that, you want to do it today. Say, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to embarrass you. I'll pray with you. Anyone at all with the uplifted hand say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to give my life to the Lord. How cool to get saved just before He comes. Anyone at all with the uplifted hand say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Man, don't, don't wait any longer. Do it now. I mean, we're, we're coming to that time where there's not that many longers. <laughs> we're getting close to the very end. All right, looks like everybody's safe. Thank you guys for coming. Have a, a great Sunday afternoon. Try to come back tonight. We'll get into more stuff. We'll get into some fun stuff about his return. And we'll have a good time. Bless you. Thanks for coming.